You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com sermons. Good morning. Once again, want to welcome everybody here. We have some visitors. That's good to see. Our numbers, of course, have been depleted because of the plague that's all over this nation, and uh, we understand that, but we uh, appreciate those that are here this morning. Also, I really appreciate those out in the parking lot that are listening to. They're doing what they can to hear the Word of God, and I have some friends that tune in every now and then through uh, Jay's mighty iPhone, so they'll be watching it too. In fact, this lesson came to me. Uh, As you all know, I pray about lessons, and I... uh, uh, try to get inspiration from different places. Well, I was listening to the radio, heard a good opera by Song Song Songs, uh, Samson and Delilah. Then I had a friend I've been trying to get to come to church because he's expressed some interest. And uh, I said, well, what do you want me to preach? I preached on the last Sunday, come then. He said, well, I'd like to hear Samson and Delilah. So anyway, that's how we got the sermon. Friend's not here, but we'll... Uh, uh, preach this sermon. Hopefully you'll get a good lesson for it. And I enjoyed putting it together and I hope you'll enjoy it and benefit from also. Well, we go all the way back to the Old Testament and Samson Delilah's story is told for us in Judges 16, but we'll back up just a little bit because there's need some background information before we get specifically to Samson's final relationship with a woman. And that's in Judges 16. So I'm going to start out around Judges 13 where we hear this miraculous birth. And I remember Samson as one of the first stories I remember as a kid uh, going to church. You know, I was big into Superman. And uh, I thought Samson was just like Superman. I couldn't imagine that. And he is kind of bigger than life or, or bigger than Marvel Comics or DC Comics, whichever you're a fan of. You know, he's like the Iron Man or... My favorite was the Silver Surfer. He's just like everything together, and Samson's just amazing. When you think of the things he did, and I think when I was a kid, that's mostly what I thought about was his superhuman abilities and uh, what he could do with those, and what a great story that was. Well, as I got older, I read more about it, and of course I learned more about it too. And I see that his life was filled with pride. He was disobedient from time to time, and he had three sinful relationships. And as they say, we probably that was just the tip of the iceberg, because we see that was a recurrent theme in uh, Samson's story. So for me, it became a story that was kind of difficult to assimilate. What's the lessons here? What are we supposed to learn here? So I was happy to go back and study it again. So like I do, I just read through the verses, and the lessons kind of Put themselves together for you if you do that with an open mind. And that's what we got today. Hopefully it'll go well for you. Because there's some profound lessons here. And also, it's kind of a tragic story. But there's some good news at the end of the story. So I promise you a happy ending to this quick story on Samson and Delilah. Now I'd encourage you to go back. Do like I did in Judges and read through the whole story starting in Judges 13 because it's an amazing story, all the things he goes through. We won't have time to do all that today, but uh, we'll uh, get through some of it. Go back and read some of it. Well, let's start. What a remarkable beginning. Starts in Judges chapter 13 and with a familiar 
phrase or sentence we hear in the Old Testament. Judges 13, verse 1. Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Unfortunately, that's been a recurrent theme with mankind, hasn't it? Very few throughout civilization have done well in the eyes of the Lord. The Israelites, God's chosen people here in Judges 13, they're not doing very well either. <coughs> they were, uh, as we'll read later, they were uh, involved in uh, worshiping other gods. They're involved in worldliness. On and on the story goes. Samson right in the middle of it. Well, in Judges 13, we have an angel appearing. And whenever you have a phrase in the Old Testament or New Testament talking about a woman without a child, as they say, get ready, there's going to be a pregnancy. And of course, the angel appeared to Samson's mother and said that she, though barren, was going to have a child. And uh, this child would be something very special. Samson, the angel says, would be blessed. He'd be strong in the spirit. In fact, it's not too long before we read that the spirit stirred Samson up. And then we have his adult life beginning in Judges chapter 14. And it begins with a theme that will finally prove his demise. Samson's adult life begins with him seeing a Philistine woman in Judges chapter 14 and verse 1. What this, of course, was a problem is that God saw uh, those that... uh, 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 outside of the chosen people of Israel, not to marry. He was afraid that they would affect their uh, uh, religious life, which, of course, is what happens. So let's pick out some lessons out of this story, and we'll kind of dress up, or not dress up, we'll kind of expand on Samson's uh, life here as we go through some of these lessons here. First thing I want to talk about is what uh, Samson saw. And that became a a theme throughout these uh, three chapters we uh, began as he uh, wanted to uh, marry this Philistine woman and was getting his dad and mom involved and all the traditional things they did back then. Well, on the way there, a young lion came and uh, attacked him, and that's when we first hear about his great strength. He has no weapon. He's just barehanded. And if you've ever seen a full-grown, uh, uh, they had Asian lions there, and uh, they were not as big as African, but they're pretty good size. You wouldn't want to go after one barehanded. In fact, I'd probably want all the gun I'd get my hands on if I had a lion coming at me. But, of course, Samson here in this story tore the lion from stem to stern and left him there dead with his bare hands. And then he went on uh, from that story to this uh, great uh, feast he had uh, organized for marrying this Philistine woman. And he had some quote-unquote companions there. I don't think they were too uh, good of friends to have. But uh, at this wedding feast, uh, they, uh, which was traditional for them to do, I guess, is they would have riddles. And he decided to talk about a riddle that he had in his life uh, for the Philistines. Well, the Philistines uh, uh, didn't like him uh, having the upper hand on them. And uh, did especially did not like him uh, 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 not being able to guess his riddle. Well, they had an accomplice, and that was Samson's wife, and that uh, they talked her into uh, helping them out. And uh, she uh, begged and begged and cried and cried. I think the feast was for seven days. His new wife was crying all seven of those days. 
So finally, uh, Samson relented, and there we see that uh, he told her the answer to the riddle. And uh, then as the story continues, uh, Samson knew right away that she had told his opponents and that uh, uh, that is why he, uh, he was able to, they were able to solve the riddle. So there was a wager involved and he had to give up some clothes and some stuff that he had bet against them guessing the riddle. But he was mostly mad about them, uh, uh, as the scripture says, uh, plowing with his heifer. He considered that uh, unfair advantage. And uh, there uh, uh, we see some of his vengeance taking place. Philistines were an evil people. As we read earlier, we didn't read it, but earlier in the chapter it tells us how God would use Samson. Here God is going to use Samson's anger for them solving his riddle. And he uh, kills some 30 of them again with his bare hands, and so that uh, wedding feast did not end very well, and off he went uh, from the wedding there, Uh, left his wife there, and as the story continues on, uh, (coughs) uh, the father of the wife uh, gave her to another man, probably one of his companions that were there, and uh, so he lost his wife, and lost all that, so chapter 15 we see some more vengeance uh, developed by uh, Samson there. And uh, right in the middle of the wheat harvest, big time there in Palestine, the Philistines were uh, busy harvesting their bountiful wheat. Well, Samson was still mad at them. So what he did was uh, he uh, did something uh, superhuman again. He captured uh, foxes, a bunch of them. He uh, tied torches to their tails and uh, ran them through the wheat fields. So the entire crop of the Philistines was destroyed. And just to uh, 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 add a little more salt to the wound, he uh, found a uh, donkey's jawbone on the ground, and he killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. He said he made them like donkeys because he killed them with a donkey bone so that's how that story goes as samson continues in his life here uh the things he saw and things that he did well last verse of chapter 15 of judges tells us uh that you know samson was a judge he was a leader in the israelites even though they were at this time ruled by the philistines because of their sin but he said he led for 20 years. There's a lot of story we don't know about. But now we find ourselves in uh, chapter 16. And that's where we meet uh, Samson and the Delilah story. Well, 16 begins with him seeing something again. This time he saw a prostitute in chapter 16 and verse 1. And uh, that didn't go well. They were after the Philistines are still after Samson. And they were trying to capture him. They were using this prostitute to help him. And uh, they were waiting for him in the morning. But he got up in the middle of the night. And then he did a Superman type thing. He lifted the gates of the city. So these are not just a door. These are big gates that wagons walk through and are as high as the city walls. He lifted those gates off the hinges and carried them up to a hill. And then kind of sat there and let the Philistines try to figure out what was going on. 
So that's how chapter 16 starts. But then we see he meets somebody from a Caesar, it says. And uh, then uh, we see that uh, Samson uh, uh, falls in love with her. Her name is Delilah. I don't quite see in the story the same type of love that she should have for him. She does not. And uh, Samson was head over heels in love with Delilah. The Bible doesn't tell us they got married, but they were together. And this is the third relationship that we hear about in the Bible. All three of them were sinful. All three of them were uh, not in the way that God would have us to behave. And we see that Samson's following his own eyes and the things that he would do in his life. Now he finds himself with this Delilah, pretty name, and uh, she was also prompted to uh, uh, do what she could to find out uh, what, uh, uh, how they could get them. And, uh, and so she was approached by the leaders of the Philistines, and they offered her 1,100 shekels of silver to get him subdued. I know those old bunnies are hard to get a value on. Uh, if you just go by weight and silver being down, it was probably over 10,000. If you go back uh, to those times, uh, 11,000 shekels would buy a whole bunch of slaves. I'm sorry, 1,100 shekels would buy a whole bunch of slaves. So it was a lot of money. And he tells you how much Samson grief they, he had caused for the Philistines because of this. So she was going to find out how he could be subdued, what was the secret of his strength, and she'd get 1,100 shekels of silver. Well, Samson messed around, and she'd asked the question, and he lied to her three times. You know, if you do this this way, that'll work. They'd try it, it didn't work. Third, second time, third time, never would work. So finally, she was so upset with him that she, uh, 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 finally got him to relent and he told her the secret of his story you know when he was born the angel said that he would be separated he would be somebody that was set apart and he should be in the service of God in his life and by the language and the angel said that he would be a Nazarite somebody's dedicated to God well they wouldn't drink alcohol and they wouldn't cut their hair in fact we learned that uh, Samuel had the royal number or the perfect number of seven braids on his head, probably like what we see today in a lot of uh, people wearing uh, uh, the dreadlocks. And I think that's what they had to do, because if you hadn't ever cut your hair, you'd have to keep it out of your face somehow, so they probably used those type of dreadlocks. So anyway, <clears throat> that was the secret to Sam Samson's strength. As long as he didn't cut his hair and uh, he had his strength, well, he finally said, it's my hair. I just need to keep it. So she waited till he fell asleep, brought in a barber, and uh, they shaved his head. And uh, sure enough, he woke up weak. Uh, the Philistines pounced on them for the fourth time, and they realized he had no strength. He realized he had no strength. I don't know what Delilah thought about the situation, but uh, uh, there he was, captured finally by the Philistines who hated him. And uh, here we find himself now shackled. They pluck out his eyes, gouge out his eyes, and they uh, send him to Gaza to be displayed in the royal court there. And uh, you can see now all things have come apart for Samson. 
because of this Delilah. Let's look at some of the lessons we have in the few minutes we have left this morning. And let's look at uh, some of the things that maybe we can learn from in this uh, great lesson. First one has to do with uh, sight. And that's something that Samson kept stumbling over. He would see this, he would see that. Of course, it always had to do with uh, the women he would acquaint himself with or he would see. And uh, we see that uh, uh, this in uh, uh, Judges 14.1 and again in 16.1 and then with Delilah also. So uh, that became a current theme with him and caused him some trouble. What Samson saw, so we need to be careful too. And uh, I know they're thinking of an old proverb, I think it is, where sometimes you have to avert your eyes, your, your caution to. And that's what Samson should have done. But you know, all of Israel was involved in this. Uh, Israel did for centuries what was right in its own eyes. And unfortunately, I think that plagues our many Christians today also. Many people that aren't Christians have an opinion that they can do whatever they want. They can decide what is right for them. They can do what is right in their own eyes. In uh, Judges 17, a few chapters ahead, verse 6, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That's what was going on here with Samson and those Israelites. Continuing, unfortunately, it was repeated again, this warning in Judges chapter 21. There in verse 25, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eye. You can see the problems that can result from this, people following after themselves. Moses had this same problem. He would preach against it too. Deuteronomy 12 and verse 8, You shall not at all do as we are doing here today. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. Moses, you can just hear him yelling at those Israelites, the things they were involved with. God's warned them also. Deuteronomy chapter 7 now. Look at verses 3 and 4. Nor shall you make marriages with them. He's talking about foreign women and the gods that they worship. What a bad influence to them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. Little g. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. Nobody was listening, were they? Proverbs 3, verse 7. There it tells us, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Short verse there. Proverbs 3, verse 7. But so important for us to remember that. We need to have a fear or a respect for God. And that's where we're looking for our directions. We need to stay away from evil. And that's how we can do it, by focusing on God. We don't have to, we don't want to depend on our own way, depend on our own eyes. Samson never did learn that, did he? Here's a quick title for us also. I wanted to spend a little bit of time on this morning. That's a sin. Samson was plagued by many things in his life. And, of course, one of them had to do with his three sinful relationships. I'm thinking he probably had more than three. If I know, if I, uh, if I know humankind like I feel like I do, 
And uh, this sin uh, caused him all kinds of trouble here with all these bad relationships. We also know that Delilah uh, was not in love with him. They did not have a good relationship. Delilah uh, was all about the money, and she was probably just using her, the, the Samson's attraction to get what she could out of the situation. What a sinful heart. Uh, that means we need to be aware of that also, that sometimes people don't have the right ideas in their lives. Also, we see consequences of sin. Samson had everything going for him, didn't he? Superhuman strength. Had that was a leader in Israel. Uh, he was one of the judges. He was famous. He's had some successes against the evil Philistines. But he couldn't get away from sin. Sin engulfed him and kept causing him problems. We see that he is now at the end of his life physically blind. You can see throughout his whole life he was weak and spiritually blind. So we can see the issues that sin can cause and the consequences that people live with because of the sin that they have in their lives. Romans 12 and verse 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. We need to give our strength and our eyes to God, not to this world. Of course, Samson had that all messed up. He was given all he had to this world and those women. Another interesting thing about uh, uh, this story has to do with the shadows I see throughout the story. And, of course, that makes uh, the whole Bible, we talk about the idea of shadows and foreshadowing in the Bible, that makes the whole Bible so interesting to many a reader, and it should to you also, how things are forecast in the past and how they appear again in the future. It just ties it all together. It tells you the providence of God. Well, the, the, uh, the riddle is the first uh, foreshadowing, I guess, I talked about, and it was kind of chilling foreshadowing, where uh, <coughs> here uh, Samson refers to a, uh, uh, the lion that he killed and the honey that he came back and got out of the lion. That was all sinful. Uh, Nazarites uh, should not go back and touch something dead, and uh, he did to get a handful of honey out of this lion. So he told this uh, uh, riddle to those uh, uh, at the wedding feast there with his uh, his first wife there, I guess his only wife there, and uh, and uh, the riddle talked about uh, uh, how uh, uh, I'll just read it for you. How's that? There uh, before sunset the seventh day. The messy. That's what they said to it. Here it is. Go tell. Tell us your riddle, they said. He replied, out of the eater, something to eat, and out of the strong, something sweet. And they couldn't figure out what it was till they got to his wife, and she told him it was. So they answered him. He said, they said, before the sun set on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, what is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? So they answered the riddle. Samson said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. So then lots of things happened there. But see, this sees the forecast that's going on there. Samson's talking about this lion and how something sweet for them to eat came out of it. And you see at the end of his life, here he is blinded and weak, but he's grinding grain. So Samson is uh, was the lion. 
And now he's making grain or making food for the Philistines here. So he was almost talking about his own life when he had this riddle here. I found that to be awful fascinating. He was also forced to entertain his captors at a big banquet there with his feats of strength and grinding this grain and uh, said that uh, that was all part of it too. So out of the strong here, the Philistines get something sweet. In uh, chapter 14 and 8, the, uh, where the Philistines answered the riddle, they uh, uh, also exposed uh, Samson's uh, greatest weakness in his life, and that is his uh, weakness towards passion or his weakness towards love of women. The very thing that kept drawing Samson back to the Philistines had to do this weakness he had with women. And, uh, of course, it was a woman that brought Samson the heartache and trouble in his life here. And uh, <coughs> the Philistines uh, uh, inadvertently exposed us all way back at that wedding feast here. You know, some a thousand years later, we have another angel that uh, shows up. And uh, this angel appears to a woman without children, even though uh, uh, and she conceived uh, miraculously. And uh, uh, she also, uh, the angel said that uh, uh, Mos- or, uh, that Samson would uh, uh, save his people. I'll read that for you. Judges uh, chapter 13, verse 5. For behold, you conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head for the child. And the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then we see that angel in Matthew chapter 1 appear to Mary. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Uh, So we see that shadow of of, uh, Jesus uh, in uh, Samson's life. Also, we see at the end of their lives, Samson being chained uh, in a in a, uh, a, a auditorium, and he's entertaining the Philistines. He's being mocked. I'm sure they're hurling insults at him, or who knows what else? Probably throwing things at him. He was publicly mocked and ashamed, and he was blinded and weak. Head was shaved. You can imagine what a change that was for him. Also, Christ Jesus, when he hung, let himself be hung on the cross, and before that was mocked severely by the Roman soldiers. Up on the cross, he was mocked by those beneath him and those hanging beside him. And we see uh, those shadows of the two men in, in the scriptures also. And then finally, we see that uh, at the end of uh, Samson's life, he, In chapter 16, his family was able to get his body and haul him off to his dad's tomb. Jesus was uh, also, uh, uh, through supporters, was able to be uh, gotten off the cross and placed in a tomb also. But of course, uh, they were both placed in a tomb. Uh, Jesus did not stay in his grave. 2 Timothy 2 verse 8, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to the gospel. Those are some shadows we saw that I thought kind of helped the story. This next lesson I wanted to get to you all this morning had to do with uh, God and his control. Maybe you've been like me. You've been saying this quite a bit lately. God is in control. Well, that is a true statement, and it always will be. 
here and uh, we go back uh, earlier in Genesis, we know that Joseph had it all right in Genesis chapter 50, there in verse 20. And you remember Joseph's story. His brother sold him into slavery. Uh, he finally got out of that situation a little bit, but he was, he was in a big house there in town. And uh, the, the, the wife of a man that hired him accused him of rape. He's thrown back in jail again. Things weren't going very well for uh, Joseph. As it turned out, he became one, a governor in Egypt, one of the richest men around. Well, Joseph had it all right. Genesis chapter 50, they're reading in verse 20. But as for you, he's talking about his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Sometimes we don't know what God's plan is, but we can know this. God is in control. and His plan will survive. That's so important for us to remember. Also in Romans chapter 8, we know that all things work together for good. Those who love God <coughs> to those who are called according to his purpose. Also wanted to read in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians uh, there in chapter 4. Therefore, do not lose heart. I'll say that again. Therefore, do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. God is in control, and we have many a scripture. That's a good lesson, too. We'll maybe get to someday about God being in control. Samson didn't figure that out very good until the very end. There in chapter 16 of Judges, verse 28, Samson's here now, finds himself in this banquet, being ridiculed and mocked, blinded, head-shaven. And he asks the kid that's leading him around to lean him up against a pillar. And uh, when he's up against that pillar, Samson remembers the Lord. We see this in beginning in verse 28 of chapter 16. And I'll read down through uh, chapter 30 where we read a very tragic irony. There, then Samson called to the Lord saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. Here's the dramatic ending. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars and supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and one on his left. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might. And the temple <coughs> fell on the Lord's and the people who were in it, so that the dead that he killed at his death were more than he killed at his life. You know those old cowboy movies I watched, they put little notches on their gun. Well, he already had a thousand <laughs> notches on his gun, over a thousand. But we know of a thousand and thirty. And then when this temple fell down, he killed that many more. Incredible situation. What an amazing story of Samson and Delilah. Well, I promised you some good news. 
You know the old song we sing to our children about being, we are weak, but God is strong. That's what Samson learned the hard way, wasn't it? He found himself at the end of his life praying just for one more, one more request from God, and he got it because God is strong. He knows true strength and true hope is only found in the Lord. We read this in Psalms chapter 46, verses 1 and 3. The psalmist tells us how to uh, keep our lives straight and, uh, and how to remember who is in charge. So I'm turning there to Psalms chapter 46, first few verses there. God is our refuge and strength in our ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Through the earth, though the earth give way, And our mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. And there that author of Psalm there tells us about the great power we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, here's the good ending I promised for you. Romans uh, chapter 11 to mention Samson with a bunch of other names here. So he didn't get a Moses mention. But he got a pretty good mention in Hebrews chapter 11. And there he's brought up again. And there the author of Hebrews talks about these heroes in the Old Testament. There it says in verse 33, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, talking about Christians and their faith in God, subdued kingdoms and worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, Escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, become valiant in battle, turned to fight the armies and the aliens. They're speaking of Samson and some other heroes in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 33 through 34. So we know that God is in control. We know that we need to get that right in our minds, just like Joseph did. And we see Samson here showing us his faith in the end. Well, he didn't have much left, but he had his faith in God, and that's what got him through to the end. You know, this works for us, too, keeping our faith in God. We need to, of course, acknowledge our weaknesses, not keep going on, flailing away like Samson did to the end of his life. We need to acknowledge our weaknesses and failings. Romans chapter 10 <clears throat> They're reading in verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What works for us too. We see also that in our lives, we need to turn ourselves around. Turn away from sin. Acts chapter 17. They're reading in verse 30. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Well, he's commanding us today to turn away from our sins also. Those verses are just as strong today as they were centuries ago. Then we need to be obedient to God in Christ Jesus. Reading now in Colossians, uh, Paul telling those Christians there in chapter 2 that we need to be buried with Christ in baptism, in which you also were raised from him through faith. 
sorry, I messed that up, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. That's an awesome thing to think about, being buried with Christ by this act of baptism, coming up a new person, just like Christ was raised from the dead, and then being obedient to him in your lives, continuing to grow as Christians. You know, you do all these things, you too will also be saved. Ephesians chapter 3, there reading in verse 8, <clears throat> For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not by of yourselves is a gift from God. Ephesians 3 and verse 8. That's a promise that we can count on in your lives. So and that's what we'd like for you to do this morning, to look at your lives and see how you're doing. Are you doing the things that you need to do? Are you acknowledging and trying to improve on your sinful self? Are you trying to turn away from those sins so that you can live your lives more productive for Christ Jesus? Are you obedient, following the commandments that we have in the New Testament for us to do today? You know, you do those things, you'll be saved. If you're subject to that invitation this morning, we'd like you to come forward as together we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at malvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.